Hello and welcome to the DFS Coach Talk podcast. Today is Sunday, April 5th, 2020. I am Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach, and I am joined with the one and only sharpshooter himself, Mr. Santino Cacone. How are you, sir? Doing good today. Uh, it's a nice Sunday morning. Well, Sunday afternoon now. Uh, it's yeah. really, really pretty out. The sun is shining. So it's one of those days that's gonna be uh it's gonna be it's good to look forward to it is and you know you know we've everybody you know my, my latest piece of advice is don't watch too much news because it just it's just too depressing and you know the best thing that we're all doing is just hunkering down and we're sort of in what about two weeks into probably what's going to be about a two-month uh, lockdown so it is what it is. We're all surviving. We're going to continue to provide these podcasts throughout uh, this shutdown time. And as you know, if you listen to our show every day, which we have some fantastic, consistent listeners that we really appreciate, uh, we are going to continue to do podcasts throughout this entire period of time. And the the big thing that we're doing differently than anyone else is we're using these podcasts to prepare for basketball, baseball, and football. We're breaking down every team. We're looking at standings, you know, predict predictions for the upcoming seasons, uh, you know, all the different statistical aspects, all geared towards DFS and all geared towards being able to absolutely crush it when we get back. So, I know it, you know, it's it's a little arduous sometimes and, and you know, it's all in preparation uh, for when we come out of this. But I'm telling you, it's going to be worth it. It's like taking a, a class with a bunch of professors in preparation <laughs> for something. And I know it's a little bit of a, you know, it's a little bit tempting to go listen to some of the stuff out there that is you know, the silly stuff going on, everything from, uh, you know, uh, simulations to Madden to the NBA guys playing 2K against each other and world wrestling. And, you know, all that stuff is fun for little side things. And we're doing stuff uh, pot, you know, during our uh, discord and in our with our members uh, for different contests with some of that stuff. But just, you know, just to play around our focus is going to consistently be to prepare and uh i think it's it's really well worth it don't you think so santino i know we voted unanimously that this is the way we want to go and i think so far it's been awesome yeah i think it's been fun to get all the different perspectives uh <clears throat> we have different shows we've been hitting on all the different teams around there um in the nba we're almost at the end now we're uh we just started the playoffs today actually we're starting the Western Conference playoff current playoff teams. Yeah, and we're almost there. And then I really like the schedule. After that, we're gonna recap things a little bit, talk about ba uh, basketball, baseball, and then go in deep diving into more teams in baseball. Then do the same thing, and then get to the NFL teams. Uh, I know we're hitting a little bit of the draft too. I, I really yeah. like where we're going, and I think we got a lot in store, especially with this long hiatus. We're just crossing all of our T's, dotting all of our I's. And making sure everybody's ready for when we do get back to normal and sports resume again. 
Absolutely, man. And and like you say, I mean, we're not just glossing over this. We're digging in, looking at stats, trends. Uh, we're anticipating the scenario of injuries recovering over this time frame for guys that have been out. You know how it's going to affect rookies as a, as uh, compared to veterans in the league. So we're and we're going to slice and dice this up every way we can. We've been doing that in basketball. And as, in, as Santino said, we go through uh, April 8th, which isn't that far away, uh, to finish off basketball. And then we're going to do a four-day uh, real deep dive into strategy of DFS, uh, how, you know, with the difference between the sites, the contest selection, bankroll management, just sharpen our process to a T. Uh, for baseball we did it at the beginning of basketball i'd strongly recommend going back to check those out and then we go through baseball and we've got our schedule out there on our discord so all our members know so we we're doing two a days all the way through until april 29th uh, that'll complete the entire preview for baseball and then we're going to do uh for the same four uh step series for nfl as we did for mlb and nba and that will start uh, on April 29th, as I said. And then football gets underway uh, for our breakdowns on May 4th. So we, we get through that, and then we go to May 20th. We're just, you know, we'd love to be able to cut this part short and get back to uh, real DFS, but we're trying to, you know, prepare. So then the exciting part, Santino, May 21st, through june 4th if we don't uh, hopefully june maybe we get back we're going to do a set of mock drafts and that is going to be a blast so we're going to have our experts from our team uh put you know get in into basically just like you draft your uh fantasy leagues a snake draft uh for dfs guys so we'll actually all have a team of NBA guys, and then it's going to be based on their stats for when they come back and complete the season. Uh, for Major League Baseball, we're going to do the same thing. It's a four-day draft, and then NFL, the same thing. So those will be previews of the upcoming season, and it's all based on DFS. And the cool part about it is we're going to follow these throughout the year and see how everybody does because it's the only thing it's on is total DFS points. So it's very easy to figure out, you know, how it went and how everybody did. So, uh, you know, and also in doing that, it's not just a fun thing. It's a, you know, let's put this into perspective. How much do we respect one player over another as far as, you know, what they're going to produce and what, what to look for? And, it, and it's a, a nice little cheat sheet for when we get back, you know, and, and it helps you not to over, uh, you know, Put, put somebody too high in your list of guys you want to take each day and guys that you have too low, it helps that uh, wake that up as well so that you don't miss any. So we're set, man. You know, we're, we said we're not going to stop uh, as far as organizationally and uh, we want to be there for the folks to be a distraction because we're all locked down and it's a bizarre thing that none of us have experienced in our lives. And so hopefully this brings a little, distraction and some fun to everybody but on the same side and my biggest point here that i want to finish on is 
these days can are going to be used for us to kill it when we get back. And I'm telling you, two, three, four, eight weeks in to when we get back, we're going to go back and say, man, that was so productive for us. And, you know, every show we just keep finding more and more stuff that is impactful for when sports comes back. So with no further ado, uh, first of all, you know, real quickly, DFSCoachTalk.com. If you want to jump on there, look at some of our information. We have some good articles posted. Also, if you want to join, we have a weekly, monthly, and annual membership on there. And we froze our memberships from the very first night uh, when Rudy Gobert tested positive and they canceled games. So nobody's memberships are on the clock. And that's not going to change until one of the sports starts in DFS uh and, and then the clock goes back on. <clears throat> so if you join for a week, um, it's $25 for a week. That clock doesn't start until whenever sports resumes, June, July, whenever it is. And you can be part of our Discord every day. We do a lot of fun contests, a lot of uh, trash talk, and uh, just good sports knowledge. So come and join us. We'd love to have you there. If you want to find out more about us on Twitter, we're at DFS Coach Talk, and if you want uh, any comments or uh, questions that we can uh, bring on to the next podcast, I'm at J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I, and he is at Santino Cocone, at S-A-N-T-I-N-O-C-A-C-C-O-N-E. Beautiful. Don't forget the E like I did. <laughs> All right. With now, with no further ado, <laughs> we're going to dive into these Western Conference playoff teams. Uh, and uh, Santino and I have number eight and seven in the standings right now, and that's the Grizzlies and the Mavericks. And uh, as most of you know that listen to us, I'm a Mavericks fan, so I've been pumped to do this one. But I am yep. going to have number eight Memphis Grizzlies and Mr. Santino Cocon lead off. Awesome. So let's hit the Grizz. All right, so a little rundown on the Grizzlies. Uh, we pretty much know who is the guy, who are the guys that target on the Grizzlies and how that team runs, but they're 32 and 33, sitting eighth in the Western Conference, three and a half game lead upon uh, the teams that me and Mr. Apatra did yesterday, the Blazers, Pelicans, also the Kings, three and a half game lead up, four game lead on the Spurs, and then a couple... I think four and a half, five games on the Suns. So they're they're pretty glued into that A spot. They're not going to climb over the the um, Mavs or anybody and, and move higher in the standings. They could move lower, um, but if they're going to make the playoffs, it'll be in that eighth spot. Their home and away record are pretty similar: 18 and 15 at home, 14 and 18 on the road. You'd think it'd be a little different and uh, not as good on the road for such a young team like this, but they've yeah. played well wherever they are and. That's a kudos to their coaching staff and, and the way that they have played this year. That is a good sign to come. That's a that's a yeah. great indicator for teams, you know, because generally young teams really struggle on the road. So, yep. but I'll tell you, I, I've mentioned it multiple times too. So hopefully people that have heard this like six times are going to say it again, <laughs> but I, you know, being at the NBA summer league last year, and watching the run Memphis made because they won the whole thing. And Coach Jenkins, who's their real head coach, actually coached them in the summer league. And it was just a, a fun thing to watch those young guys play. They were terrific. 
And the most amazing thing about that is uh, John Morant didn't play. So they won the Who? Summer League without Who's John. Who's that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, exactly. Yes. Yesterday I tried to make a, a joke about not knowing Zion, and it kind of fell flat. There was no comedic relief. Uh, I think uh, it was because the of the Micah Patria factor. I think his non, his his just general lack of humor rubbed off on me, and it, it just uh, came uh, out really bad. So I, I'm, no, I tried to I double down is, right dude. here. <laughs> he doesn't pay attention. I talk for like five minutes, and he's like eating a sandwich, and I think. <laughs> uh, clipping his fingernails because we get back and he just has no idea what I was talking about. <laughs> yeah, I like that one. I think, I think that's what he does do as well. Exactly. No, I tried to do it and it just, his, his non-funny <laughs> energy rubbed off on me and uh, I had to go for a second round here and see if it could work. <laughs> I, I noticed that I almost put uh, the old uh, drum thing to do. <laughs> so you get a little bit of something. I was going to audio that in there, but uh, that's funny. but uh looking at the grizzlies if we're looking at dfs there's pretty much there's actually there's quite a few people that could come to mind depending on who's in the lineup and who's not but we'll go off the general uh by or baseline of everybody's healthy so these are the guys you're going to look at and i just wanted to throw it out there because this is a stat that is pretty interesting but how many people on the the grizzlies do you think average over one fantasy point per minute. Boy, there's not very many. I would say two. Ooh, seven. Seven players on the Grizzlies average over a point a minute, and that's no not including. Kidding. Yeah, and that's not including one guy who's yet to play on the team. Well, and I'll that, touch, that has to do with uh, I should. That was a bad guess because <laughs> they their pace is so solid and consistent, and uh, I should have assumed that that would be because that's the biggest differentiator is pace and you know because it creates more possessions but seven is a lot mm-hmm. that is well, amazing. two of the guys haven't played much on the team uh one is gorgie dang he just got there recently and no. there was no jaron jackson clark got hurt as well so he was getting a lot of extra run that he normally wouldn't so that's one but he's actually third on the team in points per minute since he's been there which is some small sample yeah, yeah. small sample and another one is another guy who's been there for a little Josh Jackson, he was in the G League tearing it up this year, and he finally got called up. He didn't really play much the first few games, but then with all the injuries, he started playing more, and he's at 1.02 per minute, the last last guy over one. But those are – besides them, there's five regulars, and I will throw in a sixth because, as I just mentioned, he hasn't played on the team yet, but he should be healthy when we resume, and that's Justice Winslow. He's a guy I'm assuming most people forgot about knowing – but he can play key ball. To that trade for sure. Yeah, he can play ball. He was the key to the trade, as you mentioned. They were waiting. They were holding on to Iguodala all year to try and get something, and uh, it worked. It worked out for them because they Dude. not only have they played well without him, and they're already in playoff contention, in actually already in the playoffs if it ended today. But they got they got a really good guy for a, only thirteen million dollars a year in Justice Winslow. Uh, he's young. He's athletic. He's a he's a good player. He can play point guard, shooting guard, small forward, whatever you need. So yeah. I and when he and I do know um, before the season ended, he was getting ready to return. I don't know if it, it, he would have already returned by now. And they said he was oh, going to yeah. go straight into the starting lineup. So yeah. I don't know how many minutes he would have gotten initially because he missed so much time and he hasn't gelled with the team yet. But they were going to throw him right in the starting lineup. So that says a lot about a guy who's probably very going to be cheaply priced on dfs when we do return 
and he's yeah. a guy to look at. Um, no doubt, he's definitely circled on my list. That's a great yeah. point because I, I, you know, he's he's involved. He's an assist mm-hmm. guy. He can score. He's a little bit of everything. So yeah, he, that's he a grabs great rebounds call. well for a, a wing. Oh, yeah, he's big. He's a big dude. And then you got um, Triple J, as I like to call him, and yep. them because the top three usage guys on the team are all J guys. Yeah. John Morant, as we mentioned, uh, the front runner for Rookie of the Year because Zion hasn't played. And, and that's not even taking anything away from Ja because he's been unbelievable when he's played. Pretty much a human highlight reel. I like how he plays. Um, it's just for, for a young guy to come in and do what he's done, it, it speaks volumes. And, and oh, they're yeah. in the playoff race. And you don't you don't see that every day. Um, no. Yeah, with the, when you're the three newest guys on your team are playing great. And uh, the second newest guy on the team is Brendan Clark, another lottery pick that they got this year. He's been yep. really good. He's been He's, really good. That guy is good, man. He was the yep. MVP of the Summer League. He led them with jaw out. I mean, he was just awesome. And he's just scratching the surface of what he can oh, become. Just scratching the surface. Yeah, because he, I don't think he started, but maybe a couple of games all year. He's basically yeah. just come off the bench and they're bringing him along, but uh, man, he's, is he a good player? Yeah, he's only started a handful of games when Jackson was out, but then he got hurt a little after Jackson, so he didn't get to capitalize on that. And then yeah. a few games where Jonas was out, um, he started. But yeah, he's only he's been coming off the bench. He's only seeing about 22 minutes a game, and he's averaging 1.09 fantasy points per yeah. per uh, per minute. And it's Solid. because he can grab rebounds. He blocks. He's lanky. He can block shots and get in passing lanes. He's a really good under the radar fantasy guy. And when yeah. he is starting, as you mentioned, or one of Jonas or Triple J are out, this guy is always someone a target because he can he blows up when he gets the opportunity. And even in those limited minutes, he's worthy of a guy to play and plug in when you're trying to go with a stacked lineup at the top and you need. Some of those lower tier guys, he's a guy to look at because he does give you that really good point per minute production. He does. And I'll tell you what, he uh, I've noticed, too, because he wants to contribute and he's so good and he wants to play when he gets in there, you can tell he's pushing a little bit. He gets in a little foul trouble. He's just trying too hard to prove mm-hmm. his worth, I think. So that's a good thing, though, because it just goes to show it. He proved it with that run in the summer league is, you know, he's going to eventually be a key guy on this team. And sure. once he gets that opportunity with a little more maturity, man, he is going to be something special. But I think you're right. I think that they'll, you know, trying to hang on to that eighth position, if we do come back to regular season ball, you know, he's going to be a very important part of that rotation uh, that gets it done. So he's another guy that's super cheap. They can mm-hmm. pay. He's a boomer bust right now because he's quite hasn't you know locked down the minutes yet. But man, he's he's a good guy for future time. That's for sure. Yeah. And then you got the two guys in front of him that we mentioned but didn't touch upon. Jaron Jackson Jr. He's averaging pretty much the same points per minute um, at 1.07, but he has the third highest usage on the team. Very uh, very shortly behind John Morant, who leads the team. He's averaging yeah. a 24.2 usage rate. He sees a lot of time. He hits threes. He blocks shots, which are always good. And he scores the basket. He doesn't get a lot of rebounds, but he gets you steals, blocks, and threes for a big man. That's pretty fairly priced. He's always in play there. And then the the other guy, JV, he's actually 
leading the team in fantasy points per minute, and it's not even close if you look at yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. At 1.3 fantasy points per minute, the next highest is John ja Morant at 1.13. So it's yeah. not that close. And no. Jonas is only averaging a 21.5% usage. So he's getting this done as the, the fifth highest usage guy on the team. That's um, crazy. Yeah, he's he's their best low post scorer. And he does it efficiently and effectively. So when and and when Jaw gets those passes, because as as we've seen, his passes are pretty, like I said, highlight reel. Um, he he does work down there, and he's one of the only few that could score down low for the team. I'm with you, and I'll tell you, when it comes to crunch time, and you got to make the playoffs, or you make the playoffs, and you got that first round matchup, whether it's against the Lakers or whatever. You generally lean on your veterans, and he is the veteran on this team. Yep. So, you know, I I would expect him to finish super strong um, and be a big part of that. And at that 1.3 number, Shit. dang, that's that you know that is a great guy to to put in your lineup on a pretty regular basis in DFS. Yeah, especially in uh, I know, coach, you're you're the cash master. <laughs> yeah. Uh, especially in cash games because you know with a 21.5% usage rate, which is pretty solid. It's not great. It's not, not bad. Not nearly as good as it should be. He should yeah. be high 20s. I think 26, 27 that is would be where really he'll good. be. I think he'll be that in the playoffs and in that playoff run. Yeah, when they when the game slows down a little bit and more defense, yep. and you need you need those easier buckets and buckets down low. I think so too. But yeah. uh, right at 21.5, it's not great, but it's not bad either. But at the 1.3 fantasy points per minute – um, he's just some guy to look at. And I know in the, the simulations right now, he's going for about six. He's in the six thousands, which is for a guy, you know, that is, has a 1.3 fantasy point per minute and he's getting 30 minutes a game. Usually that's, that's someone to target, especially that's, that's a cheap. value play. For yeah. Sure. It's a yeah. very safe floor for you. Yeah. Uh, and, um, a couple other guys on the team. There's only really two more that are, are relevant and I'll hit D'Anthony Melton first. I think, as I mentioned, Justice Winslow coming back, Justice Winslow is going to hurt him. As The same with Josh Jackson. They're really not going to see the floor as much. No. So I wouldn't really target D'Anthony Mellon unless you need someone really cheap that um, you just have to go with. But he's averaging over a fantasy point per minute as well at 1.2, the 19% usage. He's not someone you're going to target, but if there's injuries, he's someone to look at because he's had, effective, he's had some effective games. And lastly for me, the last person you're going to want to look at is Dylan Brooks. Uh, not the sexiest name out there. He's solid. Yeah, he's been solid. He's only, which was a shock to me, he's only averaging 0.9 fantasy points per minute. So it's because he plays so yeah, many minutes. I mean, he must say lead that. the team, uh, team in minutes, doesn't he? Yep. Yeah. Um, so it's not as effective as others on a per minute basis. But like you said, he's leading the team in minutes. He hasn't missed a game all year. So that's another plus. And he's average. He's has the second highest usage on the team at 25.1. So although his min, he's not getting a mi- point per minute, he's playing a lot of minutes. He's not missing games and he has a high usage. So he has a safe floor for you. He's not going to, he's not a guy that you're going to count on to boom quite often, but you're, he's also not a guy that you're going to see bust a lot because he's just, he's going to, give you pretty much what you get from them. And that's someone to always look at. No doubt. I mean, I've rostered them a decent amount. The, you know, the, the three weeks before 
the the lockdown here and he's he was consistent i mean to some extent money does equal minutes a lot of time mm-hmm. and i always say that you know it's not always the case but in his case it is because you know where other guys may be getting that 1.2 or 1.3 uh fantasy points per minute they're doing it in 22 23 minutes and you can expect him to be out there 36 37 so I'll take that slate under one point uh, per DFS minute play, you know, for a guy like that. Mm-hmm. And he's he's continued to be very affordable. So uh, funny, uh, yeah. Funny that you said that because it's we just mentioned how Clark is a really good point per minute guy and he plays limited minutes. And yeah. Brooks is on the other end of that spectrum. He yeah. doesn't score or he doesn't get you as many points in his minutes, but he gets a lot of them. And when you're playing, it adds up. The more you play, the more you get. That's so right. The, those are pretty much the the guys you're gonna look on, like Ja, Triple J, JV. Definitely, he's he's cheaper than Ja Morant with a high, um a good usage and more production when he's on the court. Brandon Clark, especially when one of those two big guys are out, uh, he's always gonna be someone you're gonna want to plug in when when that happens because his his ceiling is just so high. Um, Winslow is a guy I'm definitely looking at when he comes back. We've got Brooks, and then when there's injuries, Melton. Josh Jackson and Jang, but besides that, uh, you don't touch them. A couple things that I wanted to say about the team, um, I didn't even get to about their statistics. They're yeah. seventh in pace, so they're not yeah. a slow team. They're a pretty fast oh, team. They're and, fast. Yeah, and yeah. they got all these young guys, so <laughs> they want to run. They don't want to slow you, it down with 21-year-olds. The first two and a half, three weeks of the regular season, I made a ton of money by stacking Grizzlies because – Everybody for 10 years has been in the mindset of, you know, <laughs> grind slowing. city. They yep. slow it down. They D it up. That's their whole premise. Well, it's the opposite. They have a different coach, different players, different system, and it's go, go, go. And, man, it, it, it took a while, but everybody sort of caught on to it now. Mm-hmm. I think uh, the fact that Jaws so popular, everybody sees now they're, they're going to get it done. They're a good team to roster. Yeah, they're no longer the – Tony Allen, Zach Randolph, Conley, Gasol, Grizzlies that uh, grind you down on defense and are efficient on offense. They're young and fast and exciting. And like you said, um, before the year, people weren't too high on them. But now, middle of the year when when they were playing great, everybody jumped on this bandwagon. And they are fun to watch, and I don't blame them. But speaking of uh, why JV has been so good, this team is first in the league in points in the paint. And as I mentioned, he is the premier paint scorer on this team. He's the premier back him down, score it down low kind of guy, get the ball in, get my own shot one-on-one down low. So he is the read. That's why he's getting so many fantasy points per minute. And they're second in the league in assists. So not only is he scoring efficiently down there, he's getting good passes and good looks. And not just him, but everybody, Clark and Jackson, they're getting good looks down there because they move the ball so well. They play fast. And they're just having fun on the court. When you see people have fun on the court, you want to be a part of that. Even though we're we're sitting in our chair or sitting in the couches just watching the game, you, you enjoy it. And you want to be part of that and get up and get hyped when you see a nice play going on. Exactly. I'll tell you, it's a good time to be a Grizzlies fan. And you wouldn't have said that a year <laughs> ago. But, I mean, you watch them. And Coach Jenkins has done a great job. They have all bought in. You know, no one gr- – you know, grumbles or complains about minutes or rotations. They all play hard together. I know they're only 
500 or actually a game below it. But I mean, that's what happens with a young team. It takes some time to get there. But the fact that they're even in this position, I don't know many people out there that picked them over Portland and New Orleans yeah. and, and San and Antonio. Spurs. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's a real shocker to a lot of people. Now, will they hang on? You know, the, you know, obviously the questions are built in number one, are we going to play all the games of the regular season when we get back, which generally is about 15 or so for most of the teams? Will it be, you know, cut down to eight or 10 games? I've heard some of that being said, I guess, worst case scenario, they just go right into the playoffs uh, without uh, those games. I've heard of, you know, a hundred different possibilities, uh, you know, all of them playing at one site or two sites, you know, all of that stuff still floating around and all of it's still possible. And it's not like that stuff is being made up online. I mean, I've literally heard uh, Silver and his team there online and through uh, different interviews and things that have posted that all of those are options. So it'll be very interesting. But my point in saying that is um, how there's not a lot of people and you tell me what you think, Santino, that think Memphis is going to hang on to that spot if their games played. Cause you know, you're talking about Dame and CJ and Whiteside loaded Portland team that really has no reason to not be in there. And then everybody on earth you know, new favorite team is the Pelicans. Pelicans. <laughs> yeah. And then you've got this, the stat that when we had San Antonio uh, the other day uh, that I put out there, uh, do you, rem- do you know the last, the year, and it was Andrew that I did the show, the last time the Spurs didn't make the playoffs. Oh yeah. It was, um, I, I was listening. It was when that, let me try this. Let me try it for a third time. Cause third time is incredible. Yeah. It was when that, um, I forgot who, but this it was a superstar player got drafted. I can't remember his name. Um, he got traded to the Lakers. Do you know who I'm talking about? I know you talk about his mentality a lot. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, when Kobe got drafted, it was the last time I, I was listening to the pod when you guys You're said it. You're exactly and right. Yeah. It makes sense because just whatever whoever Pop puts in that system has played well. And, I mean, he had uh, Duncan or Robinson, and then he had Tim Duncan, and then – the all those like um that whole dynasty there for yes. a while and they 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 left a few years ago but he still got Aldridge and then DeRozan and he had Kawhi there still and then it doesn't even matter if they're not there because whoever he puts in that system has played well for 25 years or so now and it's just that's why he is pop and that's why every time we talk yeah. about who's the best coach in the league you can't start it without uttering his name and in, in no. within that Right. Um, and for the listeners, that was 1996-97. The 97 season is the last time, uh, you know, the pop wasn't in the playoffs. So he's made it all those years. Here we are in 2020, and yeah, he has not made the playoffs. It's insane. So they're, but they're still in it. You know, that, be a that's battle. The yeah, they're only uh, three games. Uh, no, they're four games behind. Yeah, they're four, and then I think the Kings, Pelicans, Blazers are all tied three and a half games behind. Exactly. And the Suns but, are like six or so five or six. I would say six. the Suns are probably out. Yeah, they're out. I mean, you have to think, they said they might cut it down to ten games. And if there's ten well, games. Well, a lot of that was initial. Mo- that momentum, I think, on our podcast is come from me and Andrew. Mm-hmm. When we first, when this start first started happening, that was one of the first scenarios that they put out there. 
Now, I haven't seen that grab a ton of momentum. So it could be anything at this point. But yeah. if they do play 10, you know. You got to think the Grizzlies are the favorites. With only, if you're up three and a half games and there's only 10 games left, I mean, there's not a lot of room for error for the no, Blazers. You've got to go eight and two at least. At the least, yeah. Yeah. Because that means um, you'd have to hope the Grizzlies don't win more than three games if there's only 10 left and they have a three right. and a half lead. If they go even 500, you're going to have to pretty much win out tight. or yeah. eight, nine, 10 games, nine games to just be safe and hope that the tiebreakers work in your favor. 10 games, you have, you might have to go undefeated if, if the uh, Grizzlies win six of them. So it's well, going to be really tight if the, it's 10. The thing is, Andrew read through those on that podcast and the Grizzlies have a very tough schedule down the stretch. So depending on which 10 or whatever they play, they had some rough games in there. <laughs> I'm talking Lakers and, you know, and they also have to play like the Spurs and, and Trailblazers teams trying to catch them. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that will be one of the more intriguing races, <laughs> depending on how many games they actually I, play. I chuckled how you said, depending on which games they pick. I think it's just it's it's a weird thing that it's if they do crazy. cut it, they're going to just pick random games. If they say they cut from 18 to 10 or 16, 17, however many games you have left, if you cut it down to 10, how are they going to choose know how which one? Do it. Yeah. yeah, I'm assuming maybe um, if you're playing a like the Grizzlies and the Blazers, they have to keep that game because they're playing against each other and they're fighting for the playoffs. If you're playing a division opponent, you're going to keep that game. Probably um, maybe cross-country games, like if you're on the Western – in the West, you're not going to play an East game. Maybe they'll cut those out. But it's very hard to pick. I, I would assume that they're going to keep as close together of, um, as locations they are, play those games. Unless, like you said, they might do a neutral location and well, then all I, of this I, is for naught. I think the momentum right now, this is up to the date here, April 5th. And again, none of this, we've never gone through any of this. Anybody that says they know what's going to happen, how long this is going to take, or how things are going to come back, nobody knows. Not even the commissioners, but I can tell you this from everything I've read and the, you know, there's always leaks and reports and this and that, and some of it's valid. So, but I followed it pretty closely. And the latest thing I've heard is they may end up back in Vegas and run it exactly like the summer league where the two courts, cause they're connected. You don't have to go outside of the building and they may just put every lock down a hotel, put all of them in it, including the staff and everybody that's doing their deal and just play two games on two courts all the time. Just keep playing them out. And if they do that, I really think they may play them all because they can play them in such a short time. And, and all of the, the possibility of really getting infected or infecting other people is, is driving, you know, the, the plane flights, the, the commute, to the airports in there and in the, in the different hotels constantly. And all of that can be eliminated yeah. if they're locked down in one spot. And if they do, I think they'll finish the entire schedule. That's so, an interesting idea. And I, I, I would be for it. I mean, they, yeah. it's much better than the idea that they had to go straight to the playoffs. Cause you just can't do that. Not to, not because there's teams in the playoff race, but you just can't go from not playing basketball or not doing much of like competitive sports for months and then all of a sudden you're playing at the most competitive level that you can you just can't do that to the players it's not fair and if especially if there was an injury to a, a big name um, like a pulled hamstring or something of that nature where a soft tissue injury because you haven't been playing you haven't yeah. been going through the grind if that happened 
the league would um it's just not good for them the negative press all over and they're just gonna it's it's just gonna be very bad uh there's there are some older players i'm not even gonna say a name that's coming to my mind because if it happened it would personally make me pissed um but yeah if that happened you, you just can't they wouldn't be able to show their face around like silver would get blasted for a while for that well, you know, here's the other thing that leaked out yesterday, and it, it was very disturbing to me. And I thought, oh shit, this is this could <laughs> throw an entire wrench in the plans. And some of the players that have no shot at the playoffs, and I don't, they didn't name names, but obviously it's from the teams that that are already eliminated mm-hmm. uh, or have almost no chance to make the playoffs. They don't want to play at all. And their thinking is, we can't make the playoffs. Why should we go out there, take the possibility of getting injured or obviously take the chance of getting COVID or spreading COVID when we're just, it's a dog and pony show for these last dozen games. Why can't we just reset, stay away from it until next year? Maybe when the season starts, we have a, you know, a, uh, uh, injection that we can take and there's, a, you know, it's, it's all going to be good. So that adds, you know, a, a, a wrench in it because it got all the way to the, the NBA Players Association, which Chris Paul is the is the president of that for them, and that has been sort of talked about between he and Silver. So that's that. not good. Yeah, uh, and the way you said it, it, it does make sense too. And I could see a team. I get what they're saying. Yeah, a know. team like the Timberwolves. I know, sadly, Carl Anthony Towns's mother got the disease I know. and i could see him and and other teams like that in other situations we don't i don't know them or what is going on in their personal lives besides that one but yeah. i can see why he uh, he personally or other people like that are in the same situation wouldn't want to play uh, it's already in your family it's already prevalent in your life why would you go out and just like you said a, a pony show for everybody else when things are like this for you and it's just it's it's a lot realer for people in that situation. So I, I, I under, completely understand why some of the teams wouldn't want to do it. And I get it because they're not going to make the playoffs and they have no chance to make it. It's just to end of a season where sometimes they don't even want to finish out the season when there's five games left and you have nothing to play for. Yeah. And it, you know, it's, they flattened out the, the draft lottery so much. You can't really tank to make that much of a difference. Cause yeah. you used to have, if you had the worst record in the league, you had almost a 30% chance of getting that ping pong ball to give you the first pick. Now the very, very best you can do is 14% for the bottom yep. three all are equal. So yeah, that's, and, then and that's the fourth good. seed only has is 12 and a half. And then the right. fifth seed is I think 10. So they're all like the bottom yeah, five teams are pretty much jumbled. Yeah. Right. So that, that takes, and that's good because that was the design for not mm-hmm. tanking and not trying to shift it around at the end. So that's worked, but here it sort of sort of backfires because <laughs> it makes those teams, you know, not really care. But see, I'm from the school of thought of once Dr. Fauci and all these experts give us the go ahead that, you know, we can go back to, you know, not having to stay six feet away from each other and wear masks and all this and that it's safe. We're not going to respread it out there and gives us the go ahead. I almost feel like. And, and I know I can, you know, it sounds selfish because I'm not an NBA player, but I can just tell you if I was in that position, I would want to be part of the healing process for our country because everybody's struggling. It's going to get worse before it gets better. And 
one of the number one things, I mean, I lived through 9-11 and all of that horrible stuff that went on and watching baseball right after 9-11, you know, Bush is there. It's the, the, the Yankees or I mean, the, uh, it was the Mets Yankees, I think. And it was in New York. He throws a strike right down the middle on the first pitch. The crowd goes crazy. It's a walk-off home run uh, for uh, Mike Piazza. Place goes nuts. It was a healing time. It, it helps you, you know, think things are back to normal and getting going. And I think basketball can play a big role in that. I mean, it. Other than the NFL, it is the most popular sport. And in some parts of the world, a lot of parts of the world, yep. it's much more popular than the the NFL. So, you know, you're not only getting out there to play, but you're creating an atmosphere around the world, not just the United States. We're talking about, you know, we know millions of people have been affected by this, but a process of helping everybody get back to normal, feel safe about things, have a distraction, have something they enjoy, you know, the whole nine yards, it all comes to play in that because, you know, everybody's scared. We don't know what's going to happen to our economic system. We don't know a lot of things. And, you know, sports has always been and always will be, in my opinion, the first place people look to go to get a sense of normalcy and to root for teams together and root against teams together. And so I'm hoping that they're able to tell that story enough to the players and that they feel comfortable enough from the reports from the CDC and everybody saying it's safe enough to go back. And even though it's not going to be more than likely in front of uh, fans, you're going to have millions and millions of fans all over the world watching. And it's just, it it would be a fantastic thing. So I'm hoping it works out that way, Santino, but I I really don't know what to expect. Yeah. And that was well said. And I I don't think um, anybody knows what to expect until it happens right now. We're all just, throwing hat, our hats into the air and just hoping something lands or seeing yeah. what lands seeing what they're what's out there. I think the league is just doing their due diligence. So when they are told that they can go ahead, they have options and they right. have contingency plans in place and they're prepared for what comes next. But right now it's just, we'll see what happens, take it day by day. And then yeah. uh, when we do get to go ahead, then let's go ahead. Absolutely. That's that's all we can do. And in the meantime, you can listen to us seven days a week. We're <laughs> going to do this podcast every day and you can find us everywhere podcasts are found. iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, iHeart, Spotify, YouTube, just to name a few. Uh, we do ask that you spend 15 to 30 seconds to put a little review. Give us a five stars on iTunes. Uh, We have a contest that we draw once a month for a monthly membership, and tonight is the drawing. It's this Sunday. Yes, so this will be out. You'll hear this. So um, it's going to be later tonight. So go ahead and get that five stars and and put uh, a quick comment in there. doesn't have to be a a book. Just a nice comment would be great. We appreciate that because it helps us move up the standings when people are searching uh, to listen to DFS podcasts. And then, you know, the biggest thing with the rate review and subscribe is, you know, subscribe because our shows come out at all different times. Pretty much, you know, from like 
11 in the morning till 3 in the afternoon. We try to keep that window sort of when it posts. But we, we you know, we also don't want to get locked in on a specific time because everybody's got different schedules. And, it, you know, as it moves around a little bit, uh, it gives everybody the ability to listen. But if you if you've hit subscribe or, or click the little bell on YouTube, as soon as our podcast posts, you'll get uh, a bell ringing or a, something to your phone or laptop that says, hey, this podcast has just been uploaded so you can listen in. So we really appreciate that. That's huge importance for us. Um, again, you know, in the meantime, also DFSCoachTalk.com. Uh, if you want more information, read some good articles, etc. But now we get to transition into my favorite NBA team, the Dallas Mavericks. And yes, I'm a diehard Mavs fan. Went to the very first ever. I posted this the other day. I don't know if you saw it, Santino. But my dad and I, who uh, I miss dearly, he passed away uh, about 11 years ago. His birthday was two days ago, and I miss him. But we went to the very first Mavs game. He lived in Dallas at the time. Uh, my parents were divorced. I was in PA with my mom. But I was down here to visit him. He wanted to take me to the first ever game. And we went at Reunion Arena. I was a high school freshman, and I remember it very well. And it was, uh, you know, have been a, an avid Mavericks fan ever since. I still have the shirt that I bought at the game, and I have not been able to fit into that shirt for a good 25 years, but hey, I still have the shirt. So yes, love the Mavs. Uh, can't say I enjoyed a career more than Dirk's career, you know, being a fan for that whole 21 years, and then being able to take my son, who, you know, he was only like five when his pop pop passed away. So what in Dirk's last game, I was able to take my son to that game and we, we got to see, uh, you know, his final run. And it was just, you know, it's the kind of thing that sports is all about, you know, the full circle thing. It just felt so good to be there. I felt like my dad was with us and That's it was awesome. the coolest thing. It really was. And just a great, he has, he had a great game and the crowd went nuts. Everybody was there uh, I don't know if you watched it, but, you know, they had like Barkley and just all these greats. Detlef Shrimp, if you're an old time Mavs <laughs> I fan. I like shrimp. Yeah, they had all all kinds of big names. Larry Bird was there, for God's sakes. And it was just fantastic. So uh, this year we knew was going to be different without Dirk for the first time in forever. Uh, you know, like my son being a big Mavericks fan and growing up that way. He'd never seen a Mavericks game without Dirk. So it was like, okay, well, here you go. But then steps in Mr. Luca, And that has been just like a blessing that you would not imagine for the Mavericks organization to be able to draft him where they did and build this franchise around him. And then they were able to fleece the heck out of the Knicks to get Porzingis. And now we've got, <laughs> <laughs> we've got the, the nucleus of a, a type of championship team. Now, yes, there's, Parts that still need to be filled in, but I'll tell you, you give me Luke and Porzingis, you know, I know Donnie Nelson really well. He's a sharp, sharp guy, and don't think for a second that they're not going to make a big run in the next year or two at a couple of veterans. It's going to be the cool or posh thing to do probably to get a couple of veterans signing at the 
veteran minimum because they're going to make a run. And I'm telling you right now, do not be surprised within two to three years that the Mavericks aren't right up there with the big boys uh, making a run at it because they're only a player or two away. They've got some great pieces, as we saw this year in DFS. Uh, you know, Luca was very highly owned. Porzingis uh, became uh, very highly owned in the last month or two, or I'd say six weeks before the shutdown, because, you know, it took him a while to get going. He had missed a couple of years. And, uh, you know, then they had all the complimentary players, which they have some good ones. But statistically, I'm going to tell you right now, and we're going to go over that now, they did not have very many good DFS options Mm -hmm. beyond Luka and Porzingis. And that was the big thing. I think a lot of people, because Dallas got a lot of national TV games because of Luka, and I think a lot of people were trying to force in the Hardaways and the Brunsons and the, you know, uh, uh, Klebas. Curry's. Curry's and, you know, all those guys, Dorian Finney-Smith. And, you know, you saw you would see those scattered on rosters. But I'll tell you right now, I, I know the Mavs. I know Carlisle, and he likes to play a very deep bench. They're – are, there were multiple games this year where he used a rotation where 11 guys played in the first quarter. Can you believe that, Santino? And it's, <laughs> I, frustrating. it's frustrating a little bit as a Mavs fan because I don't know if you really need to go that deep. And sometimes they had eight, ten-point leads. All of a sudden, you're in the second, and it's tied. And you're <laughs> like, well, dude, you're playing this guy that should be in the G League, for crying out loud, you know. It just was very bizarre. I mean, Courtney Lee started a bunch of games out of nowhere, and that's a guy that I was assuming they would cut. But, hey, Carlisle's a great coach. Uh, Donnie's a great GM. I trust those guys. But uh, I've got to say, though, and I'm going to say this right before I get into the team, this is the worst year I've ever seen Carlisle coach. And he's a champion. I love him. I'll always back him. But if you watch their games this year, and, and I'll tell you, if you go back, if you have time and you're a Mavs fan or you go back and look at him, for, he blew so many games at the end of game, Santino, it's just not even funny. I mean, they're, when they have the lead with five minutes to go, generally most teams are like, what, 28-2 and two or 31-1. and one. The Mavericks have like six or seven losses in those scenarios. And it's because... <laughs> Odd play calling, odd strategies. I don't know if you remember the game against the Lakers. Uh, the Mavs are up two with the ball, and they there's like 14 seconds left, and they have a foul to give. So they turn it over. L.A. gets the ball, and they're down by three. And I'm yelling, foul, 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 foul. You know, you, know, you want to get that foul, use about half the time. They get it in bounds maybe with eight, nine seconds. You foul again. Because then the guy's got to make, even if he makes two, you've got the ball with one point lead. They don't foul at all. And they get the ball in the corner to LeBron, and he hits a three to tie it, and they lose the game in overtime. So stuff like that has just been very frustrating this year. They've blown a lot of coaches' uh, challenges and stupid spots. Just very disappointing. So hopefully hopefully Carlisle pulls it together. It's funny that you mentioned how he his rotations and how uh, he started Courtney Lee a couple times. He also started Ryan Brokoff, who's yeah. not even on the team anymore. And they but got him. yeah, uh, I remember it was like a last minute. 
put him in the lineup when Luca was out. Two games in a row. Yeah. yeah. And then there was uh, we were everybody was looking at pivoting to Brunson and Curry yeah. or, or even Delone Wright without JG, them. JJ Barea that. Barea Hardaway, but Hardaway's gonna get his usage whenever yeah. Luca's not there. But it was just funny how we were all tossing around mainly those four guys, and then all of a sudden Ryan Brokoff is in the starting lineup, and we we're like, yep. what is going on I mean, and it's just weird stuff he's yep. done like that you know some of that a little bit for years but never quite to the extent that he did this year and i'll tell you what it's done is it's gotten him in that bottom five dfs ranking for coaches as far as guys you want to say come on dude don't you know we're playing <laughs> dfs out here i mean come on you know like pop i don't trust him as far as i can throw him i love him but and Carlisle, I feel the same way about. Because I'll tell you, as a Mass fan, you go back and look at my lineups that I've provided for our members. I don't know if I've ever put anybody from the Mavericks. Maybe once I put Jalen Brunson in because everybody else was hurt. But other than that, it's only been Porzingis and Luka. That's it. Yeah. Because I understand. I don't trust him as far as I can throw him. Because there's a guy that can, you know, have. Kleba is a perfect example. Everybody fell in love with Maxi because he had 230. Kleber. <laughs> yeah. And everybody started roster. Him. And, and you know what he put up a couple times when he was 30, 40% owned? 4.2, you know, a, a team killer there. So yeah. anyway, so that's and my that's my whiny. I really, really want to throw one more thing at it. It's just funny how it really is how it, besides Luca and Porzingis, and sometimes Hardaway. Everybody's I don't trust Hardaway. Yeah, dude. you can't really trust him either. But yeah. everyone's pretty much a crapshoot depending on who's in the lineup and who's not. And it's just funny because we, I know you're going to get to it in a few minutes. But when you look at their offensive numbers as a team, yeah. they are a top. They are one of the best offenses in the in the league, and all their yeah. numbers support it for DFS. But they just it's pretty much the the two big guys, and then. Um, it's leave it alone. That's it's, it's stinks how their offenses, you look at all the numbers and you're like, Whoa, I got to get people on this team, but you really can't, (laughs) you have to pay up. And it's not going to change. And you know, he's, he's going to protect Porzingis on back to backs, which even adds more to it. And uh, you know, he, if they're up or down a certain amount, he rests his players immediately. I mean, so the Mavericks should not be one of the top teams that you're looking to roster. I mean, there are teams in this league that I roster guys on a lot more than Dallas that stink, like the Suns. I'll to put Suns on my roster all day. Minnesota, 19 and 45. Give Love me Beasley, you know, give me <laughs> Beasley and D'Angelo and Cat over just about anybody for the Mavs except Luca. And yep. you know, so I say that, you know, because this is the kind of time to talk about that kind of stuff because. People think the Mavs are up and coming, which they are. They're a good team. They're well-coached, good front office, but they're not a great DFS team, period. Now, they're right now they're sitting, which is going to be exciting if they do play a decent amount of games coming back because it is a logjam. They've got seventh locked. Uh, the Grizz are seven full games behind it, but it ain't going to happen. So, but, I think they might creep up. They can creep up to even the fourth seed. Well, that's the the deal here. They could actually make it to two if they if they really wanted to. They are only five and a half out of second with the Clippers. That's how tight it is. They're they have forty wins. The Rockets have forty wins. The Thunder have forty wins. Utah has forty one wins. 
Denver 43 and the Clippers 44. So when you're talking about a four-win difference in that column from second all the way down to seventh, uh, they could get in there anywhere. So they're, you know, they really want to get a home home uh, court advantage, although that might not even take place <laughs> on their home floors. So another asterisk there. But, you know, only being uh, a game and a half out of uh, being able to uh, get there, there to Utah and move up, I mean, it's going to be a, a, a real mad scramble. I think personally that group of five teams – is going to be the most exciting to see because nobody wants to play the Clippers or Lakers in the first no, round. And so anybody else though, Denver, Utah, OKC, Houston, and Dallas, any of those teams could win on a given night, in my opinion. Yeah, so I think but, where they shuffle and how that works out uh, is going to be key. But let's talk a little bit about a couple of things with the Mavericks. First of all, as far as pace goes, you know, they're 18th. They've been in that range, 18, 19, 20, pretty much all year. So not a team that, you know, you're going to get a ton of transition stuff. Uh, and again, a part of the reason why you want to be a little bit uh, worrisome about targeting them in, in that type of situation. Now, the one thing I will say, though, is uh, some of their games have been fairly high scoring because they're 17th in team defense which is, you know, bad for them. I mean, Carlisle has spent many a year, and that's with Dirk, who can't play D, uh, <laughs> for all those years, in, you know, in the top, definitely in the top half, 15 and above, and a lot of that time uh, in the top 10. So, you know, it's been, a, it's been a little bit disappointing on the defensive side. A lot of that has to do with the rotation uh, of so many players and just not getting any defensive continuity between the players which is sort of mind-boggling but you know statistically let's look at usage real quick here it pretty much tells the whole story i mean yep. you've got luka Doncic is a 37 percent usage so i mean when you're spending up for the big guy you know it's lebron or davis or harden or westbrook or luka or you know maybe a couple other players sneak in there cat when he's healthy and a few people but you know, Luke is a consistent top guy on your roster for DFS on any given night. And if it's the right night, uh, you know, he, he's had several 30 and 40 point triple doubles and he can, you know, get seven, eight X even at the 10 or $11,000 price tag. So uh, he's been he's been terrific to own in those scenarios. Now, when it's not a good matchup. You know, Luke is a guy that you got to steer away from immediately because you can't, you know, if he gets 52 fantasy points, he's not going to make value for you. And you can't afford that to, you know, you need to get a 60, 70, 80 point night from him. And he's not going to do that all the time. So finding him on the right in the right situation is key. And then you've got uh, Chris Stapps, who's 31.3, much higher. Uh, I'm sorry. I take that back. 26.6 is what he's at. So that's more realistic. So he's a full 10 points uh, behind Luca. Um, I wanted to mention, I had it circled and I misspoke it here, but did you know that Chris Stapps is 31.3 minutes per game? That's interesting. Isn't uh, that shocking? Because they have curbed his, his time and minutes restriction all year, pretty much. I know they curbed the, the back-to-back on the first back-to-back. 
that yep. they had. But uh, yeah, I would I would have seen expected more in the 27, 28 range because I know that they wanted to keep him in that. But 32 is really good for, for a guy. Yeah. yeah, and and that was the the biggest stat that stood out to me when I was looking at this because Luke is at 33 minutes per game. So wow, Kristaps is second on the, the team, 31.3, right behind him. And Luke and, is a 21 year old healthy kid. I know. <laughs> But Chris Stapps, you know, he had a 25-minute uh, restriction the first 10 games. So you take that into consideration, he's on the floor as much as Luka. And I, as a Mavs fan, would, would have lost that bet in a heartbeat. <laughs> so that at 26.6, it's solid. You know, when you get in the upper 20s, it's solid. So Chris Stapps is definitely a player. And he's been blocked. You know, his blocks have been outrageous. He's in the top 10 in blocks. And, you know, with the points and his three-point bonuses you get, uh, you know, I love Chris Stapps. And you can get him at a – it's he's costly, but not, like, ridiculously costly. He can be a, a second, you know, flight guy on your team. So I love him. Statistically, it proves it out. The minutes prove it out. Uh, you know, I would say this downtime is going to do nothing but add to the fact that these guys, you know, are well-rested. You know, hopefully they're all keeping up and staying healthy. Now, I'll tell you, it was really interesting. Did you watch any of the, uh, uh, what is it, the 2K challenge that the players had on ESPN? I caught a couple of clips of it in a little <laughs> bit, but I, I didn't really watch it. Well, it's, uh, it's I, I thought it was going to be different than when I, what they were doing. They just pick, picked any team that they wanted. Well, I didn't care about the what they were playing or what they were doing. I watched, you know, this is how I think. So you'll, you, how they played. <laughs> no, not at all. I wanted, all I did was I wanted to hear the conversation between the two guys to find out what's going on with these players as far as staying in shape and being ready to come back. And I was, that's the only reason I was scouting for DFS. Now you think I'm crazy, but I'm telling you, <laughs> I got great information from watching that. I really did. The biggest conversation that really put things into perspective, and I couldn't wait to share this on this podcast, it was Levine against Aiton on the, you know, the, the 2K thing. I have no idea who won. I wasn't watching that. All I was doing was listening to their conversation. And Levine said he has his own gym and workout center that he built that's part of his apartment so he wow. can shoot. He's going through all his shooting workouts, all his running. He's lifting. He said he feels great. He's in, he's ready to roll in fantastic shape. That's an so example that to set to as a young guy trying to lead his team. That's, that's awesome. Giant yellow marker, big circle, made notes of it. <laughs> DeAndre Aiden said. He what said. Did he say? That he's been lifting weights, but has not done one thing of cardio. Oh, and the for a guy who had cardio questions coming out of the college and last year, that's not what you want to hear. So, could uh, you imagine being in the Suns front uh, office? And you've got that. got your first pick overall. This dopey dumbhead, who which he obviously is, saying I have, and I mean he didn't. He wasn't like ashamed of it. I I don't know if he's the sharpest tack in the dish, by the way. <laughs> uh, I mean, I guarantee he never went to one 
single class at Arizona, not one. That's but crazy he, to hear. He was just flat out. I have not. He said, I'm lifting all the time. And and Levine says, well, you don't need to lift. You're already huge. Older <laughs> than everything. True. And then he comes back and he says, I, but I haven't done one single thing in cardio. So you tell me that guy is going to be ready to play when it comes back. So I'm telling you guys, Staring you clear. think I'm crazy. And I know, you know, you talk to Andrew and Mike, they'll tell you over the last year or so. Sometimes they think I'm nuts because I have always scouted everything. The pl- facial, you know, what they're looking like on the bench, you know, body language. I've I've studied all of that stuff. Um, and it's all come into play. Now, I'll, I played a decent amount of poker when I was younger. And that's a big part of that is being able to read people. Yep. without any verbal communication. So I've utilized that even when I'm scouting or when I'm looking at guys on my own bench, when I'm coaching, I, I just pick up on all those things. And then listening to comments, look, listening to people's body language and watching that stuff. If you want to be super successful at something, you have to take it to a level that 99.9% of the people won't. And this is, this is why we started DFS Coach Talk. And that's why I couldn't wait to get to this point in this podcast, because this sums up everything, why we are different than everybody else. I'm going to say this right out, and I'm not talking negative, so I'm not going to name any names. But the top three or four competitors of ours in the DFS provider space, and a lot of them don't even provide full lineups anyway. We provide a full cash and GPP lineup for both FanDuel and DraftKings. Nine out of ten of the guy, big guys just give you players to play but don't particularly build lineups. All they want to do is sell you an optimizer, which they have, which spits out, own this guy 8%, this guy 12%, this guy 16%, this guy 4%, and, and build 150 max lineups with those percentages out of the optimizer. And I'm not saying that that doesn't make money because there's guys that have gotten rich doing that way. But it takes the element out of the game, which gives us the edge to crush all these guys. And that is your hand-building lineups based on all of the knowledge you're putting forward here. And I guarantee you, those guys do not have an optimizer number that is, you know, are they in shape? What are they? What's their attitude look like? How is the coach treating them? Does it look like he's playing in clutch? Does the guy look like he's... Uh, overweight or underweight, you know, I made a big thing about the Joker being when you, fat. When you say, how is the coach treating them? Are you referring to yourself in third person or? <laughs> no, no, no. Or each I'm talking about the actual coach. Like I, I, oh, no, just kidding. I know. And I'll watch when, you know, that's where nobody else's eyes go. And I'm telling you all this stuff because I want you to know, you know, what we're building on. And I want Santino and Andrew and Mike and, and my, uh, Leighton and Brett and all of our team to start thinking this way. And and I passed, my son does, I've already got him thinking that way. Now I just have to, he's so young yet, you know, he just isn't to the age where he just is ready to dive in and commit to stuff. But when he does, he watches the same things because I just constantly comment on him. But when it, when there's a substitute and somebody's going into the game, everybody's eyeballs generally watch the guy going into the game, what's going on. I watch the guy stepping off the floor. I want to see his reaction, the coach's reaction, and what he does when he sits on the bench. Now, you don't always get that with the camera pan, but a lot of times you will. And that can tell you a lot of things from, 
you know, attitude to frustration to, you know, uh, all, all those guys high fiving and him standing up, rooting on the guys and telling them stuff. Or is he sitting there pouting or pissed off or frustrated or smacks the tile down? Those things matter. And though you take notes like that and follow what you're doing, you know, as you're doing with DFS, I'm telling you the edge that we are going to provide in this space. We only got to do it for three weeks. We won 75% of the time in our cash games. We are going to change this industry, Santino, and we're going to do it one game at a time in basketball, baseball, and football. We're focusing on three sports. We're not doing like these guys. Yeah, they. it's easy to chase the buck and provide lineups for lacrosse, field hockey, mm-hmm. uh, you know, curling legends they got more stuff that they provide lineups for alpine skiing you name (laughs) it and you know (laughs) i'm telling you that's fine that you know they could do what they want we're going to take this type of lever or or level of in-depth scouting to put these teams together and you'll be shocked that you're but you know you're trying to decide on that you know a spot in your lineup you know, do you want T.J. Warren or Miles Turner or Miles Bridges or C.J. McCollum? And you got to figure out price range and why. What are the what's going on here? Let's look at the whole thing. Let's look at the notes. You know, are they are they three and four nights? You know, who's been hot? Uh, what are his stats? You know, what are C.J.'s stats since uh, Dane came back? You know, all those things. That's how you build winning lineups. So I know it's a tangent. I know I went on this for a long time, but I would love to take this 15 minute snippet and just post it because (laughs) it tells you what DFS coach talk is and how we're going to be different and are different than everybody else in the industry. That's, that's a great point. And uh, you hit it right on. I don't want to steal a hey, hey, catchphrase, but yeah, you, you hit it right on the. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm gonna change it. You hit the, you hit the hammer on the nail on this one. I'll change it a little bit so I don't that, steal that's it. That's even more of an apocalypse. <laughs> that one with juice on the bone and all of them, dude. I've heard them all. Yeah, I've heard them all too over the years. I think they're just in, in stuck in my brain now. That's because I'm, so I'm doing it. But yeah, I loved every point you got, you took, and I think. When you were talking about the Mavs, you, you hit it right on oh, – I'm doing it again. You nailed it, what you said about the Mavs. It's it's Luca and Porzingis, and I just want to reemphasize how bad it's Luca and Porzingis for a second. I'm going to yeah. throw out four stats and then one number and then just show you why those are the only two guys. The, okay. This team is third in the league in points scored. Yeah. Okay, so they score the ball. They're going to get you fantasy points. They are second in the league in three-point attempts, so they are not shy of chucking it, oh. and they and a lot of them go in because they're third in the league in points. They are second in the league in second-chance points, so when they aren't scoring on their first initial try, they're they're not that big on offensive rebounds. I think they're 10th or 12th, but right. they're very effective when they get those second chances. And then last is offensive rating. They are the number one team in offensive rating. So when you you look at just a couple numbers there, you're saying, wow, this is a fantasy-friendly team. I want to get a lot of these guys in my DFS lineup. that's the mistake that everybody makes. And that's that's where the trickiness comes in because then let's take another deep deep dive. I'm going to throw out one number. I mentioned it with the the Mavericks. 
there are eight guys in the Mavericks. Or well, I mentioned it with the Grizzlies. My bad. And there are eight guys in the Grizzlies that average over one DFS point per minute. And then you can yep. throw in Winslow there, who hasn't played for them. I would say he was gonna get. He he'd make it nine. Um, and yep. then Dylan Brooks, who was close, but he doesn't get there. I'm not counting him in. So there could be nine possible guys in the Grizzlies who average one point per per minute in DFS. There are only four. After all the number, the, the, top, the top names I said on the Mavericks or those stats, there's only four on the Mavericks that average Crazy. over a point per minute. And two of those four are Boban, yeah. who doesn't play. And, and JJ. Will, uh, no. JJ's right there. And yeah. then Willie Cauley-Stein as well, who doesn't play. So three, yeah. those guys just don't play. And then the only two left are, you've, you've said it multiple times, I hope everybody's listening, are yeah. Luca and Porzingis, and they actually play. Everybody else who plays on the court and sees the court more than a handful of minutes a game, if that does not really provide what you're hoping for, unless those two big guys are out, and then it's just a, okay, now we can hit the lineup because someone's got to replace all that production. You're, you couldn't have said it better because I'll tell you this. To sum it in one – well, let me say a few stats, and I'll sum it up in one – line and we'll be done with the Mavs because they're easy. <laughs> they're the easiest team to do. Yeah. You know, they you look at their usage, you know, Bo, Boban is second on the team in usage at 27.9, <laughs> even higher than Chris Stapps. And that's because he doesn't play that many minutes. You can't trust him as far as you can throw him. He never, he's only started two games. So if you've rostered Boban this year and happen to hit on one of his good games, then, you know, you go play the power ball. <laughs> right. It's about the same scenario there. Then, you know, then after Chris Stapps, you've got J.J. Barea, who's only started four games. He never hardly plays at 24.3. And then here's here are the guys. It just baffles me, uh, Santino. I see it. The, you know what it is? And I'll tell you, uh, it's very simple. When you put all this information that you just mentioned, all those numbers into an optimizer, it makes the Mavericks team pop. And you'll hear these mm-hmm. guys giving lineups out every night that includes one of these guys that are all sub 20% usage. Here's the guys 20% down to 12% on the Dallas Mavericks. Tim Hardaway, Jalen Brunson, Seth Curry, Brokoff, who's been cut, Justin Jackson, DeLon Wright, Maxi Kleba, and Dorian Finney-Smith. Now you tell me, how I see those lineups every night with a Dorian Finney-Smith with a 12.7 usage, a Maxi Kleba with a 13.9, a DeLon Wright with a 13.9, Justin Jackson with a 14.8. I mean, you can't roster those guys in no. cash or GPP. So again, this just I've been waiting for this Mavericks show, the entire <laughs> basketball deal, because – they are the consummate team that is the difference of doing lineups and providing winners for DFS as opposed to dumping stuff into an optimizer that you yep. could ever tell. Because if from the discussion we just had, if you roster anybody but Luker Porzingis, granted them not getting hurt and they're playing, then you have got to be missing the boat big time. Because you can't justify it, no matter even what the matchup is. Because who are the other two guys with decent usage? Boban and and JJ. They they have been did not play coach's decision 50% or more of the time in the games. 
So it makes it very simple, man. And it's it's exciting to me because, again, this is the difference. This is why I want to do this. This is why I've been able to win. This is why I want our members to be able to win because we're going to hand build these teams and understand this and not allow the statistics because st- statistics and analytics are great, but you've got to put that human touch to them. It's yeah. just like coaching. You can coach based on what your statistician is telling you or all the analytics, the right lineups together that are most effective, all those numbers. They're great. They help. But you know what? If you just coach by those, you're going to lose. If you just play DFS by those, you're going to lose. You've got to have the human touch of seeing, understanding, and breaking it down, keeping notes on it, figuring it all out, and that's what makes it a winner. So there we go. There we go. Stats are I like to call them the unreliable narrator because yes. they, they paint one picture, but not the full picture. And if you're not painting the full picture, you're not seeing everything and you need to see everything. If you're trying to, if you're trying to hit big. Yep. No doubt about it, but that's it for me, man. That is it. Um, you know, check us out. DFS, DFS coach Follow us on Twitter. I mean, I just want to just really, uh, put that out there because you know we're constantly posting information and things and thoughts and you know a, a lot of stuff like you know the huge information of listening to like Levine and Aiton during that game the other day and what they were saying those are major man I mean if you don't know that going in when they come back let's say they come back in three weeks and people aren't gonna they're gonna blindly put Aiton in there Mm-hmm. And maybe they're not going to put Levine because he is sort of points dependent. But I'll tell you what, I you better believe I'm putting Levine in there and I'm not putting Aiden in there. I yeah. mean, you know, they don't the information doesn't lie and more information, the better. You can never have too much information. There's no way. So listen to, you know, follow us on Twitter. You'll see some of that. The majority of it, though, like those big chunks and diamonds like that, I keep in our discord between our members because I want them to benefit I want them to grow. You know, we do these podcasts so you can hear it. I'm not ever going to hide or hold anything back or skew it on these podcasts to try to trick or bait and switch somebody to joining our 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 uh, membership. Never. I'm always going to speak the truth, just like I did today. But another layer or two are always going to be shared uh, with our members and in our Discord. Yeah, and I love the little eight and nugget. I'm sure we're going to touch upon that when we do our take two for wolf sons but that's just huge hearing something like that for a guy it's trouble yeah it's just we've touched upon it but it it is troubling and i'll leave it at that but yeah it's it's Uh, he's also the guy that had a 25 game suspension this year when he knows he's going to get tested all the time so you know sometimes two and two doesn't equal four for these guys (laughs) sometimes you just shake your head and that's it. You just well, shake your head. Of, <laughs> speaking of eight, now, I wanted to say if if you didn't have a chance to watch the, uh, they had the greatest show on HBO. It was about the whole controversy of uh, when they were trying to indict Rick Pitino and. Uh, oh, I remember you were t- talking about that. Yeah, you got to catch that. I, I can't remember what it's called, but it's. Uh, it just escapes me right now, but it's a, a special on HBO. It just came out recently and it talks, it, it follows very closely uh, this young man with the last name Dawkins. And he was an agent slash 
runner slash whatever. And so he was in with the coaches and uh, the LSU coach was one of the guys too. They really went after and they have tape conversations right on the show saying, Oh, you know, fuck that. We're giving him 250 K we're sending him to the strip club every Friday night with making it rain. I mean, the conversation show, like what this Wade dude from the LSU coach, but Arizona was in it. Kentucky was in it. And uh, they ended up uh, screwing up the FBI, spending hundreds of thousands of dollars on this investigation and really didn't bring down the big boys like they were supposed to. They got slaps on the wrist. So check that out, though. It's it shows you what's behind the scenes. And Aiton was one of the major guys uh, in that. So, that looks you know, they were they were good. bidding on him. You know, Arizona provided a house for his mother and a house for his father separately wow. and they yeah all kinds yeah, I'll, of I'll play there too if they if they want to give that to unbelievable me. man so much cheating but you know the they do the ncaa makes billions off of these guys i get it but just pay the damn guys instead of allowing because everybody's paying players they're all getting paid man i mean it goes back to you know i remember you know Years and years and years ago, people were paying players. So, uh, you know, it's never going to change until they they start actually paying people a fair share so that they don't, you know, because it's easy to prey on a guy that doesn't have enough money in his pocket for a pizza or a date on the weekend when you're in college and here this guy's flashing you a new car. I mean, how can, <laughs> how can you blame a guy like that? I can't blame an Aiden for that. You're going to give me a car? I'll take a car. I, I, I've never had a car, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, it's just, uh, but anyway, that gives you a little bit different perspective. It's, it's really an interesting show. So just uh, check that out for sure. Uh, tomorrow I am going to get to do another show with Layton. It's our second show together. And we're going to do a couple of solid teams that are playing well. Uh, the Rockets and the Thunder. Uh, not a lot of people had Thunder at 40 and 24. So uh, that's going to be an interesting conversation tomorrow, but uh, anything else from your side, buddy? Um, I think we hit everything we wanted to hit and we did everything we wanted to do, but yeah, I'll let you take it away from here. Uh, I want everybody to tune in. If you want to find me on Twitter or whatnot, I'm at Santino Cocon. That's at S A. Oh, I said ace. <laughs> <laughs> You know your own Twitter. Sir. I don't even know if I know my own name. My Twitter name <laughs> is my name, and I actually just spelt that wrong. Um, oh, I'm pretty embarrassed by it. But, yeah, I've, <laughs> but, done it. I, I've misspelled my name on calling out my Twitter, so it, let's, it happens. Uh, let's try the let's try take two. I, I need a lot of take twos lately. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's this whole uh, whole situation that we have, and I'm not getting a lot Brain of sleep. Brain farts. I don't know what day it is. I don't know what time it is anymore, but let me let me try spelling my name again. So my name is at Santino Cacode. That's at S, I got it, A-N-T-I-N-O-C-A-C-C-O-N-E. And that's where you can find me on Twitter if you want to look. And as Coach mentioned, DFS Coach Talk, uh, we're doing really good stuff over here. I'm, super, I'm excited for what's to come, and I'm excited for what we've done so far. And I think it's only going to get better. And coach can tell you all about that because he's, he's has so he has his hand in so many cookie jars and uh, it's just exciting. Uh, I'm ecstatic, man. I appreciate that. And I'm 
thrilled that you're part of the squad. It was great to get you on the team. Our other pros to you, uh, check them out on Twitter at Mike Apotri. That's M I K E A P O T R I A. Uh, Andrew Hansen's at Language Olympic. And I am at J O E S A R V A D I. And uh, yeah, any questions, we'll bring them on the show with us. Uh, you know, get involved. We all have a little extra time on our hands. Uh, let's use it to get ready to to uh, make some big money. Uh, we also support our uh, favorite uh, charity is is Mamba on three dot org. That's M A M B A O N T H R E E dot org. Uh, wonderful, wonderful uh, charity that 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 helps the survivors after the Kobe's uh, crash deal with those families. So a wonderful thing that sort of got lost in the shuffle with all the uh, COVID-19 stuff. So please keep supporting them. And we want to thank you for joining us. I know it was a little longer today, but uh, I want that message to get out there. I want our members to be proud of being part of this team for uh, the difference that we're going to make and what we're going to do. And uh, for those that listen to our podcast on a regular basis, even, you know, the ones that have been with us for a year and a half since we started Hoopball and then, uh, moved over to DFS Coach Talk. Um, you know, we just we want you to be a part of what we're doing. So keep listening, join in uh, whenever you like. We'd love to have you, and uh, you know, we really appreciate you listening to this podcast. So for my fellow NBA pros, Micah Padria and Andrew Hansen, and the one and only Santino Cacone, I am Coach. We will catch you again tomorrow as we prepare to crush it in NBA DFS. Way to dribble up and down the court, just like I'm the king on the microphone. So it's Dr. J and Moses Malone. I like slam dunks and taking it to the home. My favorite play is the 